Football is about the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Blue 58! Blue 58! Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! 28, Baker Bruce! It's time to get out the chalkboard and diagram some plays. Here's where it all starts right here. Let's play! G-Money Christmas! What the hell's going on out here? This is Inside Football with former Colts and NFL coach Rick Venturi. Welcome, everybody. Another installment of Inside Football here with Rick Venturi live at Colts Camp as we sit here and talk right now at Grand Park in Westfield. Brought to you by Corson Fire and Security, the mobile studio on location here, the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio on site with RV. This is when training camp starts to get good. We just wrapped up practice number nine for the Colts following practice on Tuesday. Wednesday is an off day. The Colts are back to work on Thursday morning here at Grand Park practicing uh, from 10 to 11, but that first preseason game, Rick, coming up on Saturday, like I said, this is when it starts to get a little juicy here at training camp. Yeah, it really does. You saw a little bit of chippiness at the end today, and again, we're ready. We're ready for an opponent. I mean, it really comes down to that. No matter how many practices after about three weeks, you're ready to go. Absolutely. So we have a lot to get into today. We'll talk quarterbacks. We'll talk defense. We'll talk about the depth at cornerback, but uh, as we said, nine practices in for the Colts, and let's start at the top with Anthony Richardson. Looked really good, really sharp over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, looked good in a call-it period, a two-minute drive. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, he was 15 for 19 passing in 11-on-11 periods with five touchdowns. Uh, today, threw a, a pick uh, during 7-on-7, seven seven. but again, the arrow continues to point in the right direction. Everything is trending up for Anthony Richardson. What is your assessment of him now compared to camp a week ago? Oh my God, if you look at him this weekend, the, the two practices you alluded to, yeah. compared to a rookie minicamp, it, it, it is an amazing, amazing difference. And I think what's so important is the stacking of performances. You use that term, stacking of performances, because with Anthony, there's never going to be a doubt about his talent level, mm-hmm. and there's never going to be a doubt of him going out there and making some just spectacular plays, plays that you're saying, how did he do that, okay? But what's going to be important for growth and our growth as a franchise and as a team is two things. Is one, the consistency, to stay away from that day where he's 5 for 15. Right. And a lot of that is mechanics. A lot of that is processing and learning. And then equal of equal importance is learning how to play in the pressure-specialized situations of the NFL, which are no longer the college game. That is third and four plus. Yeah. That is red zone. Those areas where you get defensive sophistication, rush, tough matchups, instantaneous decision, tight windows. And that was impressive over the weekend. He has struggled in third down. He's been unsure at times, which is just normal. Mm -hmm. That is normal. But I thought what was really impressive Sunday was his red zone performance. He took off on his own read, ran it in. He came back, hit Pittman over the inside, and then he made an absolute strike in tight coverage to Granson down there in the corner. Right. And 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 that's what you have to do if you're going to become a great quarterback. So I was really happy, and I think he's just going to grow. I hope that and, – and this is just me – I just hope we continue to run him with the ones and just continue to play him. Yeah, as of right now, I think Gardner Minshew, as we sit here and tape this, Minshew and Richardson have both had four days with the first-team offense. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of the plan all along. Going back to third down in situational football, is there anything about 
those specialized situations in terms of how Richardson is handling them that tells you he's not developing at the rate the Colts want him to? Oh, not at all. No, 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 no. I thought that Saturday and Sunday were by far the two best days since he's been here, and they had a lot of situational football. Mm -hmm. He did play in those situations. And quite frankly, Matt, it's all about processing timing getting it out on time and then if he has to move he can do that that that's that's god given to him and so uh, no 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 i see the development there to me i'm not disappointed at all as a matter of fact i'm a i'm a little bit impressed i i think he's a little bit ahead of the curve okay how that relates to Gardner Minshew, he continues to be very consistent, very sharp, and most importantly, very accurate, especially in the intermediate game, which obviously that's that's his game. That's who he is as a quarterback. What are you seeing out of Minshew as he continues to kind of push Richardson and the Colts' overall puzzle piece on yeah, what they decided I, I think, to do in the first game Minchu's of the season? I think Minshew's going to have an interesting role, and, and I think the long-term role is to be there if we need him, to bring consistency, and to mentor a little bit with Anthony. What, what, you, what you see in Minshew is a very consistent, very good before the snap, very good getting you lined up. He's going to go to the right guy. And if you give him a lot of soft zone, mm-hmm. he's going to have volume completions. The biggest problem where you see the tremendous difference, it's staggering, is in arm strength and mobility. And that's where... You know, if you really have to play with him, it's he's going to be a – and I'll say it like it is. He's going to have to be a complimentary quarterback. Right. And you're going to have to have a lot of good people, both offensively and defensively, around him. Because he's not a playmaker. He's a functional uh, – he's, he's a functional guy that you can put in there and play within the scheme. So from the sounds of it, you personally – you're ready to give Richardson the lion's share of the first-team reps. You're oh, there. I, I really am. And I've been, I've been happy with the way they've done it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's come out about 50-50, which I, I like that. I do believe, though, that – and I think he can handle I think his temperament, he can handle it, even if he has some failure, which he's going to have. But I just think there's so much gap. I mean, when I, when I watch Minshew, it's like I yawn – I hate to say it that way, but I yawn. When Richardson comes in a game, it's exciting. You're on the edge of your seat. I mean, you used to say, when I was a kid, the the gold standard player, I may have said this before to you, the gold standard player in the major leagues when I was growing up was Mickey Mantle. And people paid to see him strike out because he was exciting when he struck out. Oh, yeah. I I love it when Richardson steps in there because there's just an excitement to him. Now, how would you want to see the Colts divvy up those quarterback reps in Buffalo? If, you, if you're in charge, and what's I'm, your plan at quarterback on Saturday? This would be my plan, and, and again, it, it, it may be 100% off, so mm-hmm. in, in no way do I have inside information. I would go with uh, – what I, what I would do is I would go with Richardson as starter, and I would play a quarter and a half or 20 plays, 22 plays, something like that, with my first unit. Mm-hmm. Okay, then bring Minshew in. And then, of course, clean up with Mr. August and Ellinger at the end. He and Strom will put on a show in the fourth quarter. But I would really like to see him. I think it's important for him. The, the ones versus ones is the closest thing to a real NFL game. Other than maybe sophistication in game plan, yeah. that is full speed. And I think he needs that. And so, you know, to play with the twos... I don't know what that accomplishes, honestly. I'd like to see him in there. Now, I don't want to see him in there with a ragtag outfit 
that he's going to get the hell beat out of him. Sure. So, again, right. I say you start him, you play him with those top guys. Quarter and a half would probably be good. I don't think our offensive line, you know, can't handle that. I mean, they, they, they're coming back after a tough year. Continue to play well together. I want to go back to the receivers. You know, you look at Richardson. He throws, as you said, an electric deep ball, and it's effortless at times. I mean, the flick of the wrist, we already saw saw it in camp. The ball can travel with a tight spiral, 60 yards. And going back to Sunday, the deep ball was on full display between Richardson and Alec Pierce. Pierce had a really good year last year in terms of the deep ball. Led the team in yards per catch at 14 and a half. I think last year he had six catches over 25 yards. That ranked fourth among rookie wide receivers. What is the potential there with Pierce on the outside and the big play game from Richardson? I I think this is one of the stories that's waiting to happen. I think that Pierce now from this point on with the drafting of Richardson now becomes a big-time player. I think he and, – and, and this is no disrespect to Pittman. I don't mean it that way because Pittman will always be a high-volume, consistent, key player for us. But I think Pierce becomes the game-breaker. Yeah. I think he's the guy that can burn it deep. We never threw the ball outside the numbers last year for one reason or another. I mean, for him to be 14-5 is staggering, Sure, to be honest with right. you. And I think that's just scratching the surface. When you have a guy like Richardson – now you got a guy that can pierce it deep. He's a big Hilton. Remember, Hilton was a deep ball receiver who flourished with Andrew Luck, who was a deep ball thrower. No doubt. I see it kind of the same way. I see a deep thrower here and a guy who can also extend a play, keep running, and I'm going to heave it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Richardson can run it. No and doubt. He can heave it. And I think that I, – I just think that Pierce really flourishes here. You know, meanwhile, on the inside, the slot, Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs, those two guys, they're competing, but they're two different players, yeah, right? I mean, you know, Downs uh, throughout some of his career has been that speedy gadget guy. He's a really good inside slot receiver as well. Downs is more of your stereotypical, prototypical uh, inside slot receiver, catching a lot of balls, whether he's running with the first team or the second team offense. But how many different ways – can the Colts scheme up Isaiah McKenzie? How creative can Shane Steichen be with him? Because when you see him out here, deceptively <laughs> faster than he looks like on tape. Well, he he is a four-two-two. No doubt. You know, so I mean, he, he, he there's a vapor trail there, and he's when got he runs. this twitch about him too. Oh, no, he does. I I think you know the two guys look very much alike. They're diminutive, mm-hmm. but they're actually very different, even though they're both great athletes right. in their own way. What I see McKenzie as definitely return guy now i know he had some ball security problems at buffalo but he's also had big moments i think that's something you can overcome i don't think that's a terminal illness you know we saw that with Hines. Hines struggled like hell in the beginning on ball security but by the end he was just fine so i think the return game definitely and then he's your gadget guy then he's your guy you slip in into an inside position and run him down the seam mm-hmm. everything you want to do with him Vertical, vertical, wide, sure. speed, speed sweeps, all the gadget stuff. He's another big play potential. Now, your true slot is Downs. Downs is the first true slot that I've seen since I've been back in 2012. He is so quick. He's as quick as a minute inside. And where I think his big plays are going to come, first of all, he's going to be very hard to defend in that third and three, Mm -hmm. third and four, in there on those option routes and all that stuff. 
But the other thing where he, I think, can give us big plays is catch and run, the yak. Right. I think he's a guy, when you see him get that ball and take off, if they're not there, you can just see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think in Pierce and Downs, you're going to have two starters who are going to give us more big play ability for a team that's just been hitting singles. I think we can hit some doubles and triples. Right. And then with McKenzie, I think he does it in another way. He gives you that gadget guy that just brings pure speed. Yeah, it's been hard for this team to routinely go over 200 yards passing, oh, rarely over 250 rarely, yards rarely. passing. Because you have to turn plays. You sure. have to either get them over the top or catch and run. You're not, you can't sustain that play after no. play. Something's going to happen. No, you can't go 11 plays and no. expect to score touchdowns every single time. There's too many things that can happen negatively that can screw up a drive. All right, let's go to running back. Jonathan Taylor still on PUP. Zach Moss, we know last week he broke his arm. At the earliest he can come back from a health standpoint, realistically, is that first game of the regular season. Even that is a question mark as of right now. So to compensate for that, the Colts have picked up Kenyon Drake, free agent running back has been around the NFL for a long time. He's going into his eighth season, has nearly 900 carries, over 3,800 yards. And, Rick, this is probably the most impressive part of his game, 42 career touchdowns. So the guy has a nose for just getting the ball inside the end zone near the goal line. What does he have left to give at this point in his career? And and where does he kind of factor into the depth considering where the Colts are at right now with Taylor and then Zach Moss? Yeah, the first question that you ask is the key question, Mm -hmm. is what does he have left? left I have always liked Drake since he came out of Alabama he's always been a very good athlete maybe not a premier athlete but four four five you know four two one short shuttle he has a lot of stuff not overly big five you know six foot and a half two ten whatever and he's had good moments I mean like you just said 40 touchdowns Again, you know, this isn't in the this isn't in the Missouri Valley. No, that's, it's not the USFL. That's forty touchdowns <laughs> on Sunday, and he has five thousand four hundred eleven total yards on Sunday. Right. So this guy is a kid with big moments. If you just take out a twenty-play highlight film on Drake, you say, "Man, yeah, wow." So now my thing is, and John Gruden and I talk about this. John signed him at when he was in uh, Vegas, the Raiders. John John brought him in to play at Vegas. And what John brought him in is to be the complimentary back to Jacobs. In other words, a guy you can put in a slot, you know, a guy's a third down guy, mm-hmm. more of the loose play guy, not the pounder, but the loose play changeup. And kind of that that's what I see his ideal role. Now, without JT and without Moss, all that's up for discussion, whether it's Dion, him, whatever. Yeah. But I think ideally where he has a chance to really help us. If, if his legs are there, he said he felt like he was running in mud, you know, and, it, and that's just normal. Right. Is that as the complimentary back to JT, that would be perfect. Because then JT is your pounder, your short yardage, every down back. But on third down or if you want a matchup, now you slip Kenyon Drake in there. And, again, you've got another potential playmaker. I like guys that put it in the end zone. He's done it 40 times. You know, last week you talked about – Hey, as coaches, we're always talking. We're always going through scenarios. We, Matt Gay comes over here looking for some autograph seekers. Oh. But, no, you, you have to think through everything. And you're always talking about if we play a game tomorrow, who are we rolling who with? Who are we rolling De- with? Deion yeah. Jackson, yeah. Uh, he did not practice uh, on this day, on Tuesday. So if you play a game tomorrow, Rick, who's your starting running back? What well, does it look I, I, like? I'll tell you, based on the cumulative effect, not necessarily today, particularly with what I saw this weekend and particularly Sunday, 
uh, and not knowing exactly yet where Drake is, right? Okay, I'd start Deion Jackson. Okay, I think I like Jackson probably a little bit better than everybody else. Ideally, he he is a backup. He's not a guy that you play sixty minutes with. But I think he can do a little bit of everything. I think if you have to play with him, particularly in this offense, Mm -hmm. which is quarterback-centric, you know, I think he has a chance. But what you're going to end up doing if, if in fact, Jonathan isn't there, it's going to be running back by committee. No, It's not going to be one guy. And, you know, it might be Jackson. It might be a mix of – and I think, and I said this last week, I think Hall is definitely in the mix yeah, yeah. until you know until we get everybody healthy. Uh, he's definitely in the mix. So again, if I had to play a game tomorrow, my starter would be Deion Jackson. That's Rick Venturi. This is Inside Football. I'm Matt Taylor. We've gone everywhere on offense except for tight end. The Colts are kind of thin there at the moment uh, because of some injuries. Mo Ali Cox with an ankle. Jelani Woods with a hamstring. Will Mallory after dealing with a foot. Now he's battling a hamstring as well. What do you make of this tight end room at the moment? And and who are your front leaders to make this team? It's crowded, a lot of different skill set, but the Colts can only keep three or four. Yeah, and because of these nagging injuries, it's just it's you know, we would have hoped to see just day in, day out competition yeah. and determine it. I would say the one guy that has stood out day after day after day, now he's the hybrid. But it's Granson. I think Granson has stood out on a daily basis, mm-hmm. particularly in the receiving aspect of it. Makes the big red zone. Every day, Granson shows up right. with a pretty big catch. So I see Granson as being the hybrid move tight end. I can almost make that. Now, for the stud tight end, that's up in the air. I mean, you got talent in Woods. I thought Woods is a potential playmaker. Uh, I think Ogletree is better than all of them, personally. I think he's the best talent. In, in terms of receiving or uh, just all-around package? All-purpose yeah, tight end. Yeah. All-purpose all tight sure. end. Not, not pure receiving. Granson might be that. Yeah. But I, I think Ogletree can block the edge. I think he can get vertical enough. Now, whether or not he can make it all the way back to that level, uh, I, I like Jelani a lot. I think Jelani can block the edge. I think he can get vertical. And then – Where's Allie Cox? I mean, he's the guy with really all the experience. Uh, And so, you know, I think that one's going to have to play out to the very end and hopefully get everybody healthy and make up your mind. Yeah, the Colts are dealing with some. That's a tough room for me right now. Yeah, they got injuries uh, all over the place on offense. So it's going to be really interesting to see just who plays and how much coming up on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. On defense, Juju Brents and Darius Rush, they're back to practice, specifically with Brents. Great to see he's worked out in each of the last three days as we sit here and talk right now. Uh, He's dealt with the wrist, then he had the hamstring. Can he push? Can he work his way back into the mix within those starting reps? Or has Daryl Baker, who hasn't missed a single practice, hasn't missed a single rep so far this camp with the starting defense, is he on pace to kind of locking that down here right now? Well, he's on pace to be the starter if you played short term. Yeah. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen with Brents. Okay, I've, I've watched now three practices. One thing I really, really stands out with me to him is uh, he has terrific quickness. You know, for a guy that long, normally guys that have that kind of length are long striders and they build speed. He has terrific quickness in line. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's rare. And, you know, if you go back to numbers, he ran a 4-2-1 short shuttle, which is 
fast. I mean, people don't think metrics matter, but so I always check when I see out on the field, did the metrics matter? Sure. And, you know, he's got real long arms. The biggest thing I, I think with him is, you know, technique-wise, okay? And that's why I'm missing all these practices because whether he's in a press, whether he's off, his initial technique is so important. In other words, if I'm pressing you, he's the kind of guy who's got to get his hands on you. And he's got those long arms. He's got that length. And to me now, and then Rush is a little bit opposite. Rush has much more speed, mm -hmm. but I don't think Rush is as sudden, you know, as quick-footed. I don't I, – I hard to define sudden sometimes, but, I, you know, I, I know it when hey, I Brent's see it. Brent definitely has that quick Brent's area has quickness. Suddenness. He has yeah. suddenness. You know, uh, uh, Rush is a little bit more ponderous, but he's got great catch-up speed. Mm -hmm. If it were me, because those guys missed a lot there, these next two and a half weeks, their tongues would be hanging out because I would play <laughs> them till they died. Okay, it, Reps, with, reps, with, reps, with, reps. With the exception of a health issue, and, and they say take it easy on the hamstring or whatever, I'm putting those guys in games when I take my starters out. Especially and, Brent's you know, and if I don't see the threes in games, I really don't care because the future – yeah. Is there. 29, 30, 30. 39. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I, you know what, I, I'm fine right now. You know, I'm fine right now with Baker and Flowers. I, I mean, I, they can run. They'll compete. But in the end, those are the two guys you have to get ready. With Brent's 18 practices. He missed 18 oh. pr between the spring oh. and the early portion of camp. It's, he it's he can't play ideal. enough. It is not yeah. ideal. To your point. I want to double back to the offensive line. That's my fault. I should have talked about this when we were uh, speaking uh, on, on the offense. But the entire offensive line has played together. Those starting five guys, they have played together every rep, every snap, every practice. I think so far that equates to like over 300 to this point first team reps in practice. How do you see the offensive line coming along and are they on pace to bounce back after giving up 60 sacks collectively last year? I would say right now, you know, without going overboard, the arrow's pointing up. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better. It, it is true in the secondary, but we haven't had that luxury, but there's no position that needs continuity like the offensive line. Mm -hmm. You have to play together. And I've always been critical of sorting those guys and running them in and out. You have to play as a unit, five as one. You, that's the only way you can pick up And the stunts. Colts are doing that in spite of cross-training, oh, right? No, that's right. At but, different positions. But they're doing it, and that's really, really important. What I've seen out there, and a lot of times like with an offense, I always say with an offensive lineman and a corner, if you don't hear anything about them at the end of the day, it means they probably had a pretty good day. <laughs> you know, really, offensive linemen in corners. If you hear a lot about them, it's usually, like, not very good. Here's what, here's what I feel right now, and it's good news and it's some bad news. The good news is I feel like our offensive line is creating seams with the running game. I thought on Sunday when we had a hot practice, mm -hmm. I saw Dion bust through there a couple times on zone plays. I mean, where he ripped it. You know, and it and there was place to run, and I haven't seen the leakage or seepage that I saw a year ago. That's I good. I haven't seen it. Now that doesn't mean it's not there. We're still pretty vanilla. You know, we haven't done a lot of blitzing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I see that now. On the other side of it, what I haven't felt is the defensive line. And the pass rush. Yeah, I felt our linebackers. I think are really ready to go. I said Kenny Moore, uh, Leonard. Uh, Franklin, Speed, mm -hmm. those guys have looked good. I mean, they have they have come to play. They've come ready. Now, Buckner hasn't played a lot, so, you know, you got to take that in consideration. 
but I just haven't felt that rush at all. You know, I just it, see it, 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 even as much as I did a year ago. So that's even a, from the starting group. Dio Dangbo, oh no, Quiddy Pay from the starting group. No, no, no. I don't put that much. I, when I look at the backup guys, you know, I look at sure. guys individual. Mm-hmm. When I look at that first group, I look at the group, you know, and I, I just haven't felt it. It's Rick Venturi inside football closing out, Rick. Lastly, uh, with this game coming up on Saturday in Buffalo, first preseason game, obviously don't worry about the score, but you laid out some things that, you know, some factors that will make it a success, some some variables that ones-on-ones. First group needs to play well. Anthony Richardson needs to play with that first group to some degree, whether that's an entire quarter or a couple of series. What else makes it a good day for the Colts outside of the score in Buffalo? Well, and you know what, and I I agree with you. I I think preseason results, scoring don't matter. Now, you know my scoring system, and I'll give it to the fans again here. Yep. You know, I scored a little differently, so I'm I'm looking at what the progress – of my real team is not what the score is at the end of the day again we talked about this last week when i go into a preseason game and it's my number ones out there and it's buffalo's number ones we gotta win i want you to win the game mm-hmm. and and that doesn't mean i'm going to scheme to win it that means that my fundamental football execution and playmaking is better than yours if it's 10 plays if it's a quarter right you're representing what we're going to play with september 10th so you go out there and if it's rich good Put him out there and let him do it. I want him to get ones. I want him to get the speed sure. of what you know Lawson is, what uh, uh, the, what Buffalo's number ones are on defense. Mm-hmm. And then when the other kids are in there, what I'm looking for is is again. I said this last week. Flash your talent. Show me what you got. I can't why are evaluate you, here? you as a group, but show me why are you here. You know, get you know if you, if you're a pass rusher, give me an edge rush. Show it to me. I don't expect you to be. Uh, in in that situation now in the way I score it the way I score it for my own personal and I started doing this a long time ago I get I score it by how you win a quarter okay if you win the first quarter of a preseason game you get seven if you win the second quarter three okay third quarter two fourth quarter one so if you don't win the first quarter you really you, you don't win, win the hard. real game sure yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Scrubs play in the fourth quarter, score 22 points, you know, and you, it looks like you won 35 to 20, yeah. and it meant absolutely nothing. Yeah. And that's been a pretty good barometer over the years. First quarter, seven. Seven. Second quarter, three. Third quarter, two. Yep. And then fourth, fourth quarter, quarter one. one. All right. So that if you win the other three quarters, you still can't overcome mm-hmm. your ones versus ones. I like it. A lot of onus on that first quarter. That's Rick Venturi's own scoring system. Rick's got a lot of stuff in that Rictionary with three <laughs> almost three decades of uh, coaching background in terms of major college football and also on NFL sidelines. My friend, enjoy it. Thank you so much for the knowledge on this uh, third week of Colts training camp here on Inside Football with Rick Venturi. Rick's going to be doing TV with Greg Regstraw on Saturday in Buffalo. Joe Wrights is going to join me on radio in Buffalo, and we're looking forward to a kickoff on Saturday set for 1 o'clock Eastern time. Radio-wise, we get going at noon with the countdown to kickoff on the Bell Tire Radio Network and locally on the flagship station in Indianapolis on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan, and 97.1 Hank FM. RV, have a great call. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Can't wait to get on the plane with you on Friday. You got it. Save some of those Buffalo wings for me, my <laughs> friend. You know how we roll. Rick Venturi right there. I'm Matt Taylor. This is Inside Football with Rick Venturi here on the Colts Audio Network. We'll talk to you next week. So long.